the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In 10 years, it's been... Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Joining me now, Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. Patrick, there's a headline out this morning that's a little embarrassing for Walmart about how one of their stores did a food drive for their own employees. Before we get into your world, let's just stick with this story for a second. Is this going to become a bigger issue in America of the uh, wage crisis of not getting a livable wage in corporate America? Yeah, you know, I I think it's going to become more of a a hot-button issue uh, the longer we continue to see this. Uh, gap uh, widen between the, the lower classes and the upper classes, and you know when we are five years into or, or uh, you know the Fed's easing program, and and you have companies that are reporting record record profits, but you're not seeing any real wage, uh, any strong wage growth really. Um, we think that there is potential that you see more of a uh, an uprising, if you will. Uh, from those employees who are going to start demanding higher wages as they continue to see these reports of companies reporting record profits. The problem, though, obviously, is that there's still plenty of, quote, slack in the labor market. So these companies have continue to have leverage uh, because they know that they can pull from an available pool of labor if they uh, if they need to, uh, to replace those um, disenchanted employees who are, who are calling for higher wages. But I think from a just a more of a uh, public debate, public issue, it will start to hit more of the, the mainstream here as we continue to move ahead into 2014. What's your opinion on this argument of should corporate America step up and pay more? Should the government mandate more? Because I know a lot of small business owners who, you know, their wives are like, honey, you need to bring home more money, not less money, and you're already dealing with inflation costs, and, you know, it's a debate on who should pick up the slack in the world, but in the reality, it's the small business owner who, he too wants to make a living, per se. Right. Um, and I think it's also an issue of, you know, too, if, you know, how strongly do you believe in capitalism, right? Okay. I mean, the, the essence of that is simply to, you know, maximize, you, you know, your profit potentials. And along the way, you certainly hope that, you know, there's uh, corporations, these big corporations are doing some social good as well. And, and you know what? I mean, they are. You just don't hear about it as much. Uh, but um, but in any event, I mean, it, 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 to essentially demand these companies uh forego their profitability to pay their employees more uh, kind of runs afoul of, you know, what we all 
came to accept and believe and loved about capitalism during the during the good times, you know, and now things don't appear so good. We're now, uh, you know, backing off of our faith in the, the capitalism, and uh, and it, you know, it, it creates some real hard questions. Um, it, you know, I think that uh, ideally you would want to see um, companies recognize that they could help stoke demand potentially if they are paying a higher wage, uh, but it, it becomes so, sort of that, that first mover issue, you know. It's like who really who's going to be the first mover to get that movement going so that you really do have that trickle-down effect uh, across the corporate landscape where their employee bases are making more and therefore spending more. Um, and it's not an, an easy decision to make when uh, management is held up to high standards of, of maximizing, you know, their profits for their shareholders. Um, so it's again, it's another tough issue, but it will continue to be uh, debated, talked about, no doubt, uh, you know, for many months to come. Here, speaking with Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing dot com. Did you pop champagne yesterday at Dow sixteen thousand? <laughs> Uh, I didn't pop any champagne. I wrote about popping champagne this morning, um, but uh, you know, it was—it's neat to see, right? You get these nice sure. big round numbers crossed. Um, people feel good about that, but obviously, it uh, raises some questions too about, well, does this mean, you know, uh, the end is the top is here? Um, and uh, you know, no one rings a bell at the top, but. Uh, um, it's not surprising that you saw some resistance come into play there as you, those round numbers got taken out you know initially um it was probably the queue a lot of people were waiting for anyway to take some money off the table but you know even as we see this morning the market is not uh, following through to the downside it's just basically reverting to what it does best or has done best and that's you know looking to to use those dips as a buying opportunity the richest man in New York City, Carl Icahn, said something at the close of the markets yesterday about valuations being higher. Maybe the market's due for a correction. He said something, and the market's pulled back. And that's what the media is reporting. I work for a local news station. They're like, Carl Icahn caused the markets to crash. What, do you thought, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I think it was a convenient excuse. Um, you know, Carl Icahn said something quite similar to that uh, not that long ago, actually. He, he had, you know, publicly said that he was, you know, getting cautious somewhat. That was around the time I think Larry Fink, the CEO of BlackRock, came out and, you know, expressed his concerns about valuations and whatnot. And it just, you know, to, to me, as I watched the market react to that, it was a indication that essentially, uh, you know, the, the quick the quick sell-off on a headline on, on a view that was pretty much already known anyway, uh, suggested to me that there was a lot of weak-handed holders of some of these high-flying stocks, and they just didn't have the stomach to ride out the first dip uh, because they knew full well that this market is overextended, but they've been chasing those stocks higher, and, uh, you know, and therefore I think it, it kind of cascaded on itself. But interestingly, the market did not close on its lows. Um, you saw a little uptick into the into the closing bell, even for the NASDAQ, and of course you had the Dow in positive. So um, more of a convenient headline excuse than an actual, I think, uh, fundamental or, or real driver of a, a change in sentiment. So we're at the tail end of earnings season. Now we're getting some big retailers like Home Depot and Best Buy. They seem to be doing pretty good because the housing market has recovered in the last 18 months pretty aggressively. Any thoughts yeah. on the numbers we saw at Home Depot or Best Buy this morning? 
Well, you know, great, great report again out of Home Depot, and uh, you know that's a, a company that's been very well managed. Uh, it's, it's doing just about everything right, um, not only for its customers but for its shareholders as well. Um, and it's it's obviously in a, a good spot here that even though we've seen some turbulence in the housing market of late as far as mortgage demand is concerned, um, the jump in house housing prices has certainly encourage homeowners to kind of take on those projects they might have been delaying for a while there and I think there's a little bit more confidence around the the, the home sector itself and so that's going to continue to bode well for Home Depot. Best Buy was a, a really curious and head-scratching case and uh, is you know kind of emblematic of you know uh, of, of the market environment and the retail environment which is that it's just ultra promotional. I mean, the company, they came out and they, they beat the consensus estimate, but, you know, incidentally, the revenues were actually down year over year. And and then they said, look, um, if it means we're not going to be as profitable, you know, or we'll go ahead and pretty much match or beat any competitor's prices during the holiday selling season. And so, you know, we sit there and we look at, uh, you, you hear all the talk about, you know, how QE and all that can, can stoke really high inflation, which we're not seeing. And when you get companies that are going to approach doing business that way, where they're just going to give up profits uh, for price, um, you know, you can't really think that you're going to see inflation take off here, uh, you know, certainly in the near term. And on top of that, you've got commodity prices that are acting very strangely in the face of all of this talk about how economic growth is picking up around the world. And yet you've got oil in a downtrend, you've got copper in a downtrend, um, some, some peculiar developments there. And, and as commodity prices come off, that's going to continue to help drive, you know, disinflation trends, not inflation trends. Speaking with Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. Briefing is the first website that I go to in the morning to start picking up uh, data points on the market. There was a story out this morning in our earnings mess out of Campbell's Soup and the analyst that I follow said something along the lines of maybe they're just not Whole Foods. Maybe, you know, the 20-somethings aren't buying food that can stay on your shelf for years and years and years and years. Uh, do you put any merit or do you put a lot of merit or what level of merit do you put into, like, the tweet, uh, the, the millennials and their shopping patterns? And could that possibly be affecting a company like a Campbell's Soup? Uh, yeah, it's just a... Uh Tough question. I haven't really right. thought through it clearly. Okay. I'm sorry. Fair enough. Um, I, but anecdotally, I'll tell you, I'm 42, and for the first time, I was in the grocery store and I actually bought Campbell's Soups, one of their larger packets, kind of like to go for lunch, um, okay. and really liked it. <laughs> but um, but I'm not a millennial, and so uh, I, I can't really uh, tell you that. But as a Gen Xer, um, you know, I continue to like soup and continue to, to look at Campbell as the number one brand when it comes to soup. Okay. Anything else that we need to know that you're working on, Patrick O'Hare? Yeah, you know, I, I touched on it a little bit earlier. I'm, I'm really curious in, in, about what we're seeing here on the, in the commodity space um, and how, you know, you're seeing this sort of disconnect, if you will, between the narrative about improving economic growth and yet you've got, you know, key uh, industrial metals and uh, oil prices, you know, coming down uh, as the stock markets around the world continue to go up. And uh, it's just an interesting development, you know, 
some of it could be supply, but I'm starting to think too that it might also be uh, a financially driven trade. In other words, you know, commodities were so hot for so long they became almost like this alternative investment. So you had a lot of, you know, managers just allocate money into that space, chasing those prices higher as well. And now it makes us wonder if maybe what we're seeing is that money being pulled back out and perhaps rotated into stocks. And if that's the case, you can see commodity, the commodity sector perhaps uh, struggle uh, in okay. 2014, particularly if emerging market uh, economies uh, also continue to struggle. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare, Market Analyst, Briefing.com. Briefing provides independent live market analysis of U.S. and international markets. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.